You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Man, we've been, we've been doing this podcast a long time. Yeah. Huh? Yeah, for at least two seconds since we started the cold open. <laughs> uh, remember when we used to do Netflix rewatches? <laughs> I do. I do remember that. We those, should, those, those were we the, should do that again. Those were the days when we knew exactly what our podcast was about. and how to, <laughs> We uh, could go back, Brandon. It could be just like the old times. We have to go back. We have to go back, Travis. Everybody, this is Travis. Hello, everybody. This is Brandon. That that's easily the most that's the highest energy I'm gonna be. I don't like. I don't. I don't think you can get any higher energy than that. I can't. I I've tried. It's not possible. Welcome everybody to Apathetic Enthusiasm, uh, your favorite podcast. Yeah. Right after all the other podcasts you listen to. <laughs> this is this is your number one source of Brandon and Travis. If you're not listening to Interdimensional RSS. <laughs> The Unofficial Rick Morning Podcast. Uh, yeah, thank you, everybody uh, that continues to listen to the show and uh, tries to present us with HelloFresh opportunities. Um, that yeah. will never happen. Shout uh, out. Shout out to our friend Kevin. Yeah, this is Apathetic Enthusiasm, the podcast where we talk about the pop culture stuff that we are paying attention to right now. It is the oldest podcast on apatheticenthusiasm.com where you can also find great shows like Submitted for Your Approval mm-hmm. and that Rick and Morty podcast that we do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The one the one where we buy a bunch of merchandise and the companies don't give us anything. They don't for. give us nothing. Nope, <laughs> not a bit. Uh, if you want to talk to us directly, there are a handful of ways that you can do that. You can hit us up on Twitter, at Apathusiast, or individually, I am at Juggalmino. And I am at are... Steve the Heeb. Uh, Facebook, facebook.com slash apathetic enthusiasm show. Instagram is apathetic underscore enthusiasm. Most of that is Rick and Morty stuff right now. 
Yeah. Because uh, our lives are less interesting. The Rick and, and Morty is um, on fleek. Is that? Uh, that <laughs> yeah, that's right? what the kids are saying. AF. Uh, <laughs> it's lit, fam. And then email apatheticenthusiasmshow at gmail.com. Uh, and I already mentioned the website, so I think that covers everything. Brandon. Yeah. We are recording this the day after the superb owl, uh, the big That's, game weekend. It took it took me a second to. I it's such a it's such an easy thing, but you said superb owl. I was like, what? What is it? No, the Super Bowl was yesterday. Dumbass. Come on, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> uh, yes, it's a day after the Super Bowl, and let me just say, as a as a longtime not Pats fan, it was everything <laughs> I've everything I've ever wanted in in a game. There were there were two types of people I think watching. Uh, if I can put everyone into two categories, uh, there are two <laughs> types of people watching the Super Bowl yesterday. There were the people that are they're Patriots fans, and then there are people that hate the Patriots because they're not Patriots fans. Yes. Uh, and, and so I, yeah, I, so I was rooting for the Eagles. I would say that that's an apt description uh, because even Eagles fans, I would say, uh, uh, they they fall in the they want to see the Pats lose. Yeah, yeah, no, that's accurate. So there's only um, two people. There's only two kinds of yeah, people in this world. Two kinds. Two kinds. <laughs> uh, we I do know that uh, some folks in England, uh, over or overseas, were also rooting against the the Patriots. That's right. They're holding that grudge. All the way back from 1776, <laughs> still haven't gotten over the Revolutionary War. That is no. a Revolutionary War joke, <laughs> Hamilton. Uh, I so I wasn't actually making a joke, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> there, there's a there's a skit on SNL this week uh, where it's like 1776, and the the New England Patriots are, are coming in and they're saying like, "We won all the wars. We win all the wars." And then, then Philadelphia comes in, and they're like, they're also saying stuff. And the, and the yeah. skit would have the skit would have been really funny if it was just maybe five minutes shorter. Uh, out of a was uh, it only a five minute sketch? It was six. It was a six minute sketch. Oh, okay, I got it. <laughs> uh, uh, but, but yeah, so we're. I mean, I am a moderate sports fan, pot, potentially avid sports fan. I, I I watch more sports ball than I did. Uh, maybe 10 years ago but uh you where do where do you place yourself on a on a super bowl viewing level like do you never miss it is it like oh i'll watch it because it's on or or what's what's your take i i usually i watch the super bowl every year and and to a certain at some point in time during the super bowl i either get bored and especially if the game sucks or if or if the Patriots are, uh, you know, about to win another, are ring. like winning, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Th- those are those are times I, I usually stop paying attention. But but this year, I will say that because the Eagles spent a majority of the time in the lead, uh, yeah. that I was I was carried by a a hope, and also <laughs> and also the, uh, a realist realistic attitude that. Well, the Patriots are just going to come back and win and crush. Yeah, if you watched that. last year's Super Bowl when they came back against the Atlanta Falcons, it was like, all right, I'm just gonna, I'm just waiting for Tom Brady to come out <laughs> yeah. and upset everyone and steal this game away. Yeah, and uh, it didn't happen. Yeah, it was, it was a very watchable football game. I, I know that sometimes 
uh, if you have like a blowout or things like that, then it's it's less interesting to watch. But yeah, uh, it was it was a good game. I felt and it was interesting all the way down to the finish. And yeah, uh, like hail mary pass to end the game. Like that's that's uh, you you can't you can't take it any any closer than that. I and, think. and and the and the kiddo had a fever, and and so Chelsea was like, oh, maybe we should take him to urgent care. I'm like, ah, yeah, but the game. Like nah. it's it's okay. Nah. It's just a, it's just a hundred and one fever. Like let's let's give it a couple. Let's give it thirty more minutes and see if it goes <laughs> down. Uh, let's but, let's wait until total organ failure before we're <laughs> really sure. And then uh, and, he's, yeah. and the and the kid's like, oh my god. I'm like, yeah, I know the Eagles are winning. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I thought it was a good game. Uh, I I I think I've pretty much always been. Uh, a huge fan of the Super Bowl, even when I was less of a football fan. I grew up in San Diego, and so San Diego sports have always been kind of hit or miss. The Chargers have <laughs> have rarely made it to the Super Bowl, and, w- and when they do, it's it hasn't been a great experience. So, but I think that that reason for watching the Super Bowl that that most of the people in the United States has is that. It is a time when everybody gets together. It's an excuse to throw a party. Um, and then you have sort of like this championship football game. And then the commercials have become a big thing. So there's kind of just a little bit of something for everybody. Uh, and and I don't know. It's like a tradition thing. I I can't yeah. not watch it. And it. Which is weird because I, go, I went to work today. And so many people I work with. I mean, I work with like computer programmer type people. <laughs> and so many were like, oh, yeah, that's right. The Super Bowl was yesterday. And like. It's didn't weird. Check it out. Didn't want. They're like, oh, maybe I'll check out some of the commercials on YouTube one day. And I, it, it was, it was genuinely like staggering to me. Like I can't, I why why are I, mean, I, I don't know. I guess it's just like an anti-sport thing. Well, it, I don't, yeah, it's 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 a it's a different culture. Like because you know I, I used to I used to be a mechanic, and that when I when I switched from being a mechanic. In, in that kind of world of outgoing rabble rousers who who get in trouble and uh you know go to punk concerts and just as many shows as they can to a computer career where I'm like oh does anybody play guitar? I was like eh, no we play uh we we're playing Red uh, Command and Conquer Red Alert uh, this weekend <laughs> all weekend long you know. It, in, I uh, I had to update my <laughs> character sheet. Uh, it was very important. Uh, which, I'm if making, you play uh, any sort of role playing game, I more yeah, power I, to you. I mean, I want uh, to. I support you 100. <laughs> percent I kind of want to. Yeah. Yeah. Anybody send me I, an invite. I have to work on my my script. I'm working on a script to uh, make sure I can double double man a character for a while. You know, just that type <laughs> of stuff. Anyway, so it, it's like that complete... feels like that's pulled from truth. I feel like that genuinely <laughs> happened at one point. It, yeah, it did. It did. It did absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's just a, a complete culture shift between you know between people and you working with a bunch of p- computer programmers. Yeah, that's that's yeah, uh, that's accurate. Um, I my job now is I'm surrounded by a bunch of like older folks who like older folks like. You know, five, ten years older than me. <laughs> Way older. They're practically geriatric. <laughs> uh, but they also, you know, they're they're in a you know a calm kind of career too. But 
they are also older and they came from a generation before computers. So they had football and they're, they're into that type of stuff. Right. That's, that's Uh, all they had back then. So So five years before (laughs) we were born. Look, Uh, we, we, we're the great generation. We talked about this. That's, that's right. Uh, Hit, hit the, uh, the backlog for that discussion. (laughs) Uh, So I, I guess we could take the opportunity to talk about some of the, uh, multi-million dollar advertisements that took place. Uh, I mean, it, we didn't discuss this at all, but did you have any like standout favorites or were you hitting up the uh, the snacks in the restroom and checking on your child or uh, did you stick <laughs> around and watch some of the, the commercials? Uh, there, there were only a few commercials that I... I, I here's... Okay, let me take a step back. I feel like in the past few years, the commercials for the Super Bowl have... have they've lost their luster for me. I feel like, yeah. I feel maybe as like a kid when I was younger, the commercials were like, Oh, <laughs> they're so great. Oh my God. But something in either in me or in the advertisement gods has changed where I'm just not that interested in the commercials that they're, that they're putting out nowadays. I I feel like, uh, especially when we were maybe like teenagers or like late teens, early twenties, like that's when, uh, the Super Bowl commercial, like was at, at its height. Uh, that was like the Budweiser frogs. That yeah. was like, um, like Bud, the was up. <laughs> like I had a shirt that said was up. Like that's, I, oh I, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to admit that, but you know, <laughs> I went through a hard time as a child or as a teenager, but I did like that. And, and they were, um, they were like pop culture themselves. Like the, a lot of these, like the Budweiser ads, like Budweiser dominated the, yeah. the Super Bowl advertising. And I don't remember, like they, they did the whole like dilly dilly, like really ran with the medieval Bud they Light tried. stuff. And I just don't buy into that campaign at all. So it's not, it's not like, it doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I, so really I feel like now, like, any advertisers that are trying to capture sort of the the gimmicks that worked ten years ago for Super Bowl ads, like they are... they have to mix it up. They have to try something new. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Tide campaign yesterday was so effective is like they 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 kind of mashed it together. They were like, let me let me take the the best ads that people have really liked. And then we're going to kind of turn it on their ear and, and be like, Oh no, this is a tight ad. And, yeah. and so like, and, and they kind of won the day in the fact that they got in early and established that idea of everybody with clean clothes is <laughs> yeah. in a tight ad. And then throughout the rest of the time, you're like, is, is this a tight <laughs> ad? And it wouldn't. It'd be like a cell phone company or something. But it, so so they and then they kept just interjecting enough to where they're like, "Oh, you thought this was you know a, a pharmaceutical commercial? Nope, it's a tight ad." And yeah. uh, so I thought I thought they did a really good job with that. And they had uh, I am horrible with actors' names, but the guy from Stranger Things, uh, who, yeah, yeah, David cop? something. Yeah, the cop, <laughs> Stranger Things cop guy. Uh, uh, I I keep forgetting his name. I keep remembering it and then when i need to say it out loud i keep forgetting it that's uh we can, that's... We can just uh, you know, just keep going uh producer oh, so, if you could just look that yeah up yeah so <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. uh so i will i'll keep talking but 
so those those tight ads, I, I wasn't really paying attention to those. I would just every once in a while look up and see uh David that guy. Um in Yeah, David in tight- David Harbor. Yeah, Harbor. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, Thanks. Thanks, by the way. Uh so I I would look up and like he'd be with the uh the old spice guy on, on a horse. Mm-hmm. And Yeah. Uh, and I, I, th- I thought that I like, I, I guess he was in like a Mr. Clean commercial or something else too. Yeah. Like, that's right. Yeah. So they totally, which is interesting too, that they're able to get like either actors from those other commercials or like even some of the intellectual property almost like, or, or yeah. like trademarks. It like, which I mean, Tide's probably a big enough company it's, or, or like Procter and Gambler, whatever that subsidiary, they yeah. could probably mix some of their, uh, other properties together and, and make it work. My my question my question about that 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 series of commercials is do you think it has a specific shelf life for the Super Bowl because it created that narrative thread for the Super Bowl but now like be, because part of the effectiveness was you didn't know which commercial was going to be next right. and everyone watches the Super Bowl for commercials do you think it will maintain any kind of advertising well, and I effectiveness think- I think that is a real question about Super Bowl commercials and and you look at like those commercials from from 15 20 years ago almost and like the Budweiser frogs were like huge on the Super Bowl but then they like made like a whole thing out of them and they're advertising for a year with the frogs and like some of it worked and then some of it you kind of got burned out by it. I think I think the Tide ad thing works best during the Super Bowl. And it almost it loses something uh, when you're because because people are actively watching for the commercials in yeah. the Super Bowl like yep. they they're they're wanting to see these commercials and so you know tonight when the Bachelor is on if they run a oh no this is a Tide <laughs> ad like it's it's probably not going to have the same effect yeah um but I mean it's I I th- I think they could do it and they may try to do it. Uh, but I don't, I don't know that it would have the same impact that it did. Yeah, did, I, I, I concur with that. Did um, you, uh, did you catch the NFL ad with Eli Manning and the other, uh, Giants uh, players? Odell, Odell Beckham yes, Jr. Yes, doing I did. Dirty Dancing. Uh, no, I did. I, I lost I did. it. I, <laughs> you didn't see it? No, I did. I was joking. Oh, okay. I'm just, I'm that, just. That was joker. my, that was my favorite commercial. Uh, that was a non-commercial even, but that was my, I think that was my favorite commercial of the whole Super Bowl. Huh. Um, I, I can't, I can't tell you what my favorite commercial was because I was, I was a little just underwhelmed in general by, That's again, fair. again. Okay. Well, then, uh, then, then we got two, two advertisements left to talk about. Uh, okay. one, uh, Lucasfilm, uh, okay. dropped the solo trailer uh, during the first quarter of the game, I I, I yelled at everyone and told yeah. them to, to stop <laughs> uh, because it was the, it was the first time we'd seen anything from the movie other than just like a promo trailer, yeah, or a no, promo uh, poster. Well, what I, what I was gonna what I was gonna say, uh, although generally the advertisements were left me underwhelmed, uh, that's what to, I was like thinking like Bud Light and insurance commercials and stuff like that. When it comes to movie trailers, that's a that's a different story, and that's uh, that's a narrative that I, I've seen on on Twitter so far is the uh, a reliance on movie trailers more so this this Super Bowl maybe than than past Super Bowls. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I mean, you, there, I, there were several. There was the the new Jurassic World, 
yeah. two trailer. Yeah. Um, and then the solo, which is like a solo teaser saying that they're putting the trailer out today, which they did, which is yeah. also awesome. And we could probably fill up a whole podcast just talking about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Yes. Solo, uh, the Stephen King show, Castle Rock, that's going to be on Amazon Prime uh, or Hulu. Hulu, uh, and then, I think. Then you have the new Jack Ryan uh, show. Uh, then you have the new Mission Impossible. Yeah, which I'm shocked they're still making Mission <laughs> Impossible movies. Yeah. Uh, but sort of something that came out of left field, both got us very excited. We were We were messaging about this. <laughs> uh, well back into uh gameplay uh but netflix with the with the huge reveal uh surprise in, in like this first quarter right that they they ran the ad, the ad right yeah I, I think so it was it was really early on yeah uh, cuz i was following some dude on twitter who who does he like kind of just announces the 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 tra- the the ad the adverts and then okay. number, numbers them and it was it was like in the top 15 or so so okay. it, it was it was pretty early on but yeah so so Cloverfield, Netflix comes out and they put a trailer out there for the Cloverfield par- Paradox. And and I like I was so I don't mean to be crude, but I was so my labia were so rock hard. <laughs> uh that that's how that's how that's crude, aroused okay. I was. Like my balls yeah. turned into labia <laughs> and then they got hard. You changed your uh physical sex based yes. on this this trailer god and they're and they're puffy as hell the thing is I, cloverfield you know we we've talked about cloverfield we talked about the original cloverfield 10 cloverfield lane um I, i'm not sure if you knew there was a sequel i knew there was a sequel on the horizon kind of but um did you i you mean aware? i was aware that 10 Cloverfield Lane was not like a standalone sequel and then we weren't going to see anything else. Like I I was aware that there was going to be other films coming. Um I didn't know that there was going to be one like soon. I yeah. I was not tracking this movie at all. Yeah, uh, so I I knew that something was coming come out uh but I I'd read stories that it was called originally called The God Particle and it was it was its own movie as 10 Cloverfield Lane was its own movie before uh, Abrams picked it up and then they 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 carved it to be a Cloverfield movie what uh by all accounts it was supposed to be due out in like April so when it when when the surprise teaser came out uh, at Super Bowl Sunday i was like ah <laughs> and then twitter twitter was ablaze and then twitter's like no it's coming out tonight and i was like ah! that- that was the craziest thing is because they were, Netflix was very coy. Like they were like coming very soon. Yeah. But didn't give any time. And then it was like that internet buzz. Like when's it happening? When's it happening? Netflix like uh, after the game, like get ready suckers. It's, <laughs> it's happening tonight. Yeah. The heck with this is us. It's, <laughs> it's Cloverfield time. Damn, damn, damn Daniel. Uh, so, Okay, so that that this marks our official transition into talking about Cloverfield. Obviously, why do you got why do you gotta call it out, man? Like I I built that transition like so seamlessly, like the <laughs> like we like it was it was it was perfect, and then you're just like next. <laughs> so we're we're talking about now Clover the Cloverfield paradigm. Look, I I have Chapter to two the Cloverfield paradigm. <laughs> Please turn over. 
<laughs> um, remember that? Remember the old tapes? The old, like, yes, I do. Up? And there's an album by the band uh, May called The Everglow where they use that, uh, that sort of like concept huh. uh, with the album. And anyway, I just felt like mentioning that. Well, it's a great album. You you bring that up. I've never I've never listened to May. I don't think, but there's a song by Electric Light Orchestra called Mister Blue Sky. And for a long time, at the, at the very end of Mister Blue Sky, there's like this kind of like disembodied kind of like uh, almost like vocoder voice. And what uh, you don't know, like I didn't know what he said for a long time, but he's actually saying, "Please turn me over." Well, I didn't know what that meant because uh, I had it on CD and MP3. <laughs> Please turn me over. And then uh, my father-in-law, Mitch, right? He was like, oh, yeah, like on the album, it says, please turn me over. And then so that goes to side B. Like, For the ah, B side, yeah. Friggin', friggin', friggin'. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, anyway, Cloverfield Paradox. So, yeah. So Netflix drops this movie. Yes. Uh, I want to talk about the movie. I want to talk about, like, Cloverfield at large. I also want to talk about sort of how this movie was released. Perfect. Uh, so, which which do you want to start with? Well, let, let, let let's st- let's start with uh, just the basics of the movie. So, Cloverfield Paradox came out last night, uh, which would be the fourth of February. Uh, it's directed Accurate. by Julius Ona, O N A H, uh, written by Oren Uziel, Doug Young, and uh, one other. Um, and yeah, it's got Daniel Bruhl in it. It's got a, f- a few other folks, Daniel Ogiolowa. Oh, oh, oh man, I'm messing up. Usually, I'm, I'm the one that messes up the names, but sorry. you're doing a bang up job. There. <laughs> um, but yes, so uh, based off of IMDb, the synopsis is orbiting a planet on the brink of war. Scientists test a device to solve an energy crisis and end up face to face with a dark alternate reality. And I, I don't think we're gonna do. I'll, I don't know how many spoilers there really are in in this movie, but we'll try to avoid them. So, so one of the things with the Netflix ad was it was saying that 10 years ago there was an event and they're showing a lot of clips from the original Cloverfield film. And they talk about how this movie is going to talk about how those events came to be. And you see a lot of people on a spaceship and it's, it's crazy. And, uh, and I'm hyped. Like I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch the movie. Uh, and I don't know, like, I have enjoyed, I was all in for the original Cloverfield film. Uh, I liked what they did with 10 Cloverfield Lane because it like, it it existed in that same universe, but it, it took it from a different perspective. Uh, And so now that we're seeing like this whole space thing, I'm like, are we getting answers? Are we uh, like, where are we going to go with this? And also just kind of seeing a whole nother like shifted perspective on those possible events. Uh, is I mean, is that sort of what you were hoping for going into it? Or or what did you have any sort of expectation? Um yeah, I I kind of knew uh in I mean the, the, the trailer leads you this way to say like this find out what happens to before Cloverfield. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Uh so like this this even though it takes place in the future uh, they like it somehow leads in. I don't. I don't even. That's... Okay. No. Let's let's not let's not skip over this because and, and maybe this conversation will go all over the place. But I want to address this like right on the nose. 
And yeah, okay, we'll talk about spoilers. So uh, okay. if you didn't watch this movie, uh, it's on pause Netflix. This, you can go do watch this it. Anytime. It's on Netflix, <laughs> and then come back and have this conversation with us. Uh, but Cloverfield took place ten years ago. Like there was there was nothing in that film that I felt like placed it in any other timeline other than like present day 2007. Right. So now like Cloverfield paradox, like we've got really futuristic technology, uh, at least with the satellite and the things that are going on in the space station. Uh, but then there's also like massive energy crisis that I don't recall ever being a, a point of discussion in the first Cloverfield. No. Now it's been a minute since I watched it, but do you recall ever seeing any of that? I I don't I don't rem- I don't remember like blackouts or anything like that. Other than when when the monster first shows up and then it knocks right. the power out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which it, I mean maybe it's just one of those things that you can excuse away. Like oh they just didn't bring it up because it 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 was a found footage film and it it maybe just didn't come up in conversation that night. Uh. But I don't know. It just, that that was the first part where I was like, "All right, what's how how much is this really linked in? Like, how much is this really tied to the first film?" Yeah. Um, and then things kind of go on from there. Here, here, here's here's what here's what I think, and we can get into the quality of the actual movie here after this. But here's what I think the problem with the Cloverfield paradox is: is it okay? You have Cloverfield. You have Ten Cloverfield Lane. And there's there are loose connections between the two of them, and it makes it it's it's more of an anthology kind of thing where yep. as as a viewer you're wondering like oh how like how are these tied together and you can do like the J J Abrams Lost Theorycraft type stuff where you're like oh oh what is this oh maybe 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 um and then but there was never like any direct correlation necessarily right they they weren't they weren't tied other to than like big freaky monsters right exactly uh being monster movies the in this movie they like hit you over the head and say uh there there's a there's a scene in this spoiler again where like they're watching the news and there's a guy on the news who wrote a book called the cloverfield paradox and he says if they try to do this power to to get this uh this energy reactor this Higgs bosom energy reactor online, it's going to create. Did you say Higgs bosom? Yeah, I did. Sorry. <laughs> I think it's like Higgs boson or something. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. But I definitely I always, don't I always, think it's bosom. I always, I always think of boobs. Higgs, okay. bo- Higgs boobs. <laughs> like, Higgs bosoms. Like, and what kind of, of course, of course the God particle is going to have boobs, right? God is, God is a woman. Everyone knows that. Okay. So <laughs> anyway. Go watch Dogma. <laughs> the The point is, uh, that this this author says they're going to start up the reactor and it's going to open up parallel worlds and monsters are going to come out. The Cloverfield Paradox. And it's okay. it's, it's, on, it's, it's too on the nose. It's big time. Uh, and, that's, and I think that's one of the things where it's like, I want to see what happened. I want to see why it happened. I don't want a talking head in a news <laughs> interview in the first 20 minutes of the movie to tell me what's going to happen. Yes. And and I think that was a major issue with this film. Yeah. Yeah, ex- exactly right. And and I, every, there there's too much there's too much telling and not enough showing. 
and at by I feel like by the end of this movie, um, I should have I should have been thinking about like, oh how how is this tied together, not in a confused way, but in a hmm like ooh what if what if this is did this so what if this did that but instead you you leave this movie saying uh how does that tie in i don't yeah yeah <laughs> right uh and because we we've raised the spoiler flag uh the giant monster leaping up at the end uh like you yeah. take that out you take out the word cloverfield uh at any at any point in the film and uh it can be a completely unrelated film I, yeah realistically i feel that way um there are there are elements where you can kind of say like oh like the sci-fi and the weirdness and stuff like that um i mean you could you could argue that 10 cloverfield lane you take away the last like 20 minutes or whatever when they're trying to escape and it's it's almost like it could not be a cloverfield film um so i mean yeah in that way it, it fits into the anthology um but outside of the loose connections to the rest of the now trilogy like i feel like this movie never really figured out what it was trying to be yeah like was it a horror flick was it a sci-fi flick was it a comedy like it it was kind <laughs> of all over the place and there are parts i i really liked but i feel like it never really had a solid grasp on any of those things yeah yeah so it, it had it had sci-fi concepts in there and i and i saw you know i saw traces of uh, like Event Horizon and some of these other like space horror movies, um, and and other like sci-fi tropes, but it it never it it never explored those ideas better than just very like oh yeah, uh, we turn on this reactor, it created an alternate, it crashed into an alternate dimension, and mm-hmm. um, it never it never really went beyond that and and answered some more questions. It was just kind of all over the place, and I, I like Chris O'Dowd. I, I didn't have any problems with, with his scenes. I, he was great. Yeah, <laughs> he, um, He's like, like the, the comic Miller. relief that he brought was excellent, and but it, to to a to a point where I was almost like, is this is it pushing it too far? Like, if you want to make it a comedy, make it a comedy. Uh, but I don't know, like. There are times <laughs> when he's like missing his arm or whatever, and just like. Like, is this, I don't know, like, is it supposed to be funny or is it supposed to feel like a serious situation that he lost, you yeah. know, one of his appendages? That, okay, so, yeah, I, I I didn't think the comedy was too much. I, I know I know other people did, but my, 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 my issue is, like, he, at, so the scene is he's working on this, the like, the inside of the, the ship. And his arm gets sucked into this metal, and then they try to pull him out. And when they pull him out, his arm is his arm is missing, and he's like just got a stub. And it's not in pain or anything like that. It's just now a stub. And then a couple minutes later, you see his arm just crawling along the the floor, and then it wants yeah. to write something on a piece of paper. Um, and there's there's a couple scenes like this where the the movie for as much uh, explanation as the movie gives us with people just saying stuff in dialogue, what it doesn't do is say, have anybody say this universe is trying to 
correct itself or 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 right. merge itself. I I think it's I think it's like it's suggested, but there's never enough clear like guidance to where it's like, oh, all these people are dying because the dimensions are trying to fix the glitch sort of thing. Like because of all of the ways that people like die or get hurt, like seeming like non connected or whatever like they like they even even uh how uh the guy one-armed man uh dies <laughs> like yeah. like it's so like kind of bizarre and it feels like you're waiting to find out what force is 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 ha- making all this stuff happen yes and yeah. and that an- that's never really answered in the movie uh, it, other than like the universe is trying to do it right with the the chris adow death Spoilers. Uh, when he died, it the flag has of... been raised, Brandon. This <laughs> okay, is a okay. safe space. I know. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, you you've seen the remake of House on the Haunted Hill, right? Where nope. have you have you seen the movie? Okay. So, uh, so House on the Haunted Hill, like the whole movie is like there's kind of ghosts, but they they think that the two main characters, one by uh, Famke Jansen, and then the other one played by Jeffrey Rush. Like they think that they're just like fighting each other and like trying to scare everyone at maybe about three quarters of the way through the movie. All of a sudden there's actually like this black kind of tentacly substance that is infected the house. And then that starts killing people and there's no indication whatsoever in the movie all the way up until a point that there's some black devil substance. I've always Mm -hmm. had an issue with that in the the movie. Yeah. Anyway, so Chris O'Dowd, he dies there's this this substance on the ship where it's kind of like like epoxy, like future epoxy, that yeah. seal that seal stuff. Magnetic and, epoxy. Yeah, and this magnetic epoxy goes after him and sucks him back to the wall out of nowhere. There's no there, there's no explanation behind it. No, and and there's like all the metal tools on his belt start flying off. Because and it seems like it's like a magnetic thing, and so then that epoxy that has been driven by like yeah. magnets starts peeling off, and it's like oh it's gonna it's oh the and he was repairing something so it's like oh the thing he fixed is gonna get broken, and but then it's like coming at him and stuff, and you're like okay what exactly is going on here? And then when it grabs him and pulls it back, I'm just like okay WTF <laughs> like uh all right sure cool let's move on to the next weird thing that happens um so i mean overall i didn't feel that this movie was great if i had to rank the three cloverfield movies this is the dead last uh, dead last for sure (laughs) but i am curious if the uh poor reception that it's getting right now and the 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 mediocre reviews does this ruin the Cloverfield brand? Does this does this slow or potentially stop a future Cloverfield film from coming out, or is this just a speed bump? And maybe maybe if we're really looking at an anthology, is this just like all right, that didn't work as much, but we're gonna try something else and and have another shot at it? What 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 is your hot take? My hot take. I, <laughs> I think I don't think it I don't think it slows anything down. Uh, because e- bad reviews or, or not, it just got watched the hell out of on, on Netflix. Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. And what 
what I like, and I sent you the Film School Rejects article, uh, there, there's an article out there, and I'll try to link it if I can remember, that, that talks about how, how Cloverfield and the sequel machine, that, like this is a new way of doing it. So, right. you know... They, they talk about like it being the perfect like, film in like, this internet age uh, where we're used to getting things like, right away and and you know instant gratification and and instead of having a film that's like advertised for six months or a year like we got like 60 minutes uh before it was available to the public yeah yeah and i what abrams is doing he's is he's taking movies with 10 cloverfield lane and this one that are other movies that they're that their own they're their own movies and and just and just slapping a label of of Cloverfield, doing some reshoots, adding some extra scenes to to tie it into this this extended world, and I really like that approach because each each one of them has their own their own feel. Okay, you have the found footage, you have the the really tense uh, drama, not well, this kind of like suspense inside this this bomb shelter. You have you have that for the second movie. You have this kind of space. Uh, this horror space sci-fi thing going on for this one. Uh, the rumored uh, fourth movie is like takes place in World War II, right? So mm. there's oh, wow, okay, that'd be that'd be that'd be interesting. Yeah, so there's there's all these different fields and all these different genres falling within this this shared universe, and I I like that a lot. And with all anthologies, me loving anthologies of all shapes and sizes, hey, there's going to be some bad ones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They can't all be winners. Uh, do you think the strategy of, uh, like, no critical reviews, hype machine it up at the, at the biggest advertising opportunity possible, release it right away, is that, is that a strategy because they didn't think the movie was as good and they thought, hey, let's just get it out, like, and let the excitement sell it uh, before there's a chance for people to like say bad things about it. Like, that's a that's a solid question. I I think I think there's a lot of bit of that. Like, how much money did they did they have to spend on a Super Bowl ad? So, like, thirty seconds is like like three. It's somewhere between three and thirty million. I think like okay. like it's ridiculous the the amount uh, of advertising cost. Okay, so they had they had to spend a ton of money. Netflix had to spend a ton of money on just that one advertisement. Yeah. So for me, that that but, tell, but that, when you think when you think about the marketing budget for a film, like that's that's not yeah. that that much. That's that's true. That's that's true. I I just feel like Paramount. This is originally a Paramount movie, and it went to Netflix. Netflix acquired it. I just feel that Paramount felt that it wasn't going to be a good movie and that it was going to lose money going going anywhere but straight to DVD, which is what Netflix kind of is now. Netflix is now. Yeah, it's I mean video on demand or whatever you want to call it. Um which I mean it's changing the whole movie, you know, paradigm or whatever. I mean there's if you want to get into an industry conversation you can, but like really decent movies are coming straight to Netflix now. And I think Netflix wants to be a platform that does that. Um, yeah. I, they're, they're, 
if 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 a, if a studio really thinks that they can make you know box office dollars by putting on the big screen, um, that's they're gonna do that. But this is a good opportunity for the films that maybe aren't destined for uh you know a theatrical release to still um shine. I don't know. Yeah. Would you have wanted to see this on a big screen? Um. If do you think it would have changed your experience? Uh, I feel like they could have spent some more time on the movie and and cleaned it up a little bit. Did better, some editing, changing some effects, maybe maybe really uh, making it a better movie. And <laughs> yeah, if they could have know, done those things that make movies better, they, I, I think I mean, that would have been a solid play. <laughs> they were talking about doing it in April, right? And so that's that's four months. That's well, three months from now. That's that's still a lot of time to get some of this stuff you know, fixed. And, yeah. and so I, I think even if they had done this one trailer and then they're like coming out in April, that would have given them time to like, sort of like what they did with the Han Solo movie. Yeah. 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 Uh, the, the other, the other thing is the Cloverfield movies always have like this kind of, uh, viral marketing uh, associated with it. You know, oh yeah. Abrams. Oh, yeah. Like I saw the slusho figurine and on the space station. Yeah. 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 Uh, and, and there were, you know, there was, there was none of that for this. So, but, but in, in a way it was like the ultimate viral, like marketing where it was like, let's blast it out in front of the biggest TV audience of the year and immediately get more people to see, you know, the, the trailer for this movie than might see it, uh, throughout, yeah. you know, traditional means. Um, so think- yeah. And I think. It was just I a strategy think, to cut into this this is us time. Yeah, yeah, which was, you know, I would have probably ended up having to watch this is us if it wasn't for this <laughs> uh ad. So, um RIP to whoever the dad is on that show cause, <laughs> However he died. Yeah. Sheena knows, I don't. I she's trying to get me I've watched several episodes, but I just Yeah. Yeah. I it, it's it's a, it's emotional manipulation is what it is. <laughs> uh anyway, uh yeah, I I do think that this movie uh, definitely took advantage of having uh, the excitement around it. Um, I I don't want to say it was all bad. I did like uh, certain aspects of it. Um, But, you know, I think if I would have gone and seen it, or if I would have gone to see it in a theater, uh, I would have been a little bit more disappointed walking out. Sure, yeah. The fact that I just threw it on Netflix after (laughs) the Super Bowl, uh, you know, no hard feelings. I, I I was like, yeah, it was it was it was a good way to wind down after watching Tom Brady lose. So, uh, yeah, all all good, all good. Uh, all right, you want to talk about another Netflix movie? Well, well, what, what I want, what I want to do, what I want to say first, just three. <laughs> what I want to say last, just about the Cloverfield movies, is the one thing, regardless of, the, of this movie, if this movie was a disappointment, which I mean, it was kind of. I would give it a six out of ten at the most, or three out of three out of five. Uh, oh, it's still over five. I mean, it's it's on the high side. Yeah, I what I appreciate and love about the Cloverfield movies is that they are these that they're that they're smaller smaller stories that are looking at a bigger problem. And I, I talked about this again with Ten Cloverfield Lane, but it's always about just like they're not. They're not the heroes of the movies where they're where the protagonist is going to save the day, right? The, right. Yeah. They're they're just observers and they're being pulled along uh for the for the ride. 
Um, and, and also each one of them is about looking for loved ones in a way. Right. Uh, yeah, to an extent, I think. Clo- Cloverfield, uh, the dude was looking for his girlfriend. Like it was all about yeah. trying to reunite with, uh, with his girlfriend. Ten Cloverfield Lane, like she was, like John Goodman wanted to reunite with his daughter. She wanted to reunite with her fiance, right? Because she she yeah. left him. Uh, yeah. And then and then this one, the the main actress, uh, she, uh, in the, the protagonist, I would say, uh, Gugu Mbatha Ra, is her is her name. Sorry, I butchered that. Yeah, she wants to. You're awful. She she wants to reunite with with her with her kids who, in one reality, have died because of something she did, but in yeah. the but in the alternate reality, her kids are alive. So it's all about it's all about relationships uh, when it comes down to the Cloverfield. Yeah, and and honestly, like I want to say, uh, for for the actors in this film, like really solid work. Uh, there were some some good performances in this, like. Uh, there, there were things that I liked. I, I, I think maybe the story needed some reworking, maybe some of the edits, but like, um, there's a lot of good stuff to take away from this movie and, uh, I'm excited for more Cloverfields. I don't know how they're gonna, I think I read somewhere online that the next one, they're just gonna, uh, run up and slap you with a DVD. Like that's, (laughs) that's the next way that they're going to get it out to you. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, it's cool the way that they're doing it and I'm I'm excited for for another Cloverfield f- film in like 5 years or whenever they decide to to pump another one out but yeah. uh Brandon I think chapter that sound means four it's Boom. time to turn the page Boom. <laughs> All right next up uh so another another Netflix movie that that came out recently Speaking of futile and stupid gestures <laughs> Another movie that just came out uh, within the last week is A Futile and Stupid Gesture, directed by David Wayne, my man, my spirit animal. My man. Uh, and it's it's all about- Did you say he's your spirit animal? Yeah. I'm Dave, sorry. David Wayne is totally my spirit animal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, someone on someone on Twitter, let let him know that. Uh, I, I've said it. I've said it on Twitter. Just retweet me. Oh. Just yeah, just <laughs> dig into the tweets. <laughs> um, is this a futile and stupid gesture? It's all about uh, the creation of National Lampoon, uh, the the, yeah. the magazine, the Empire, uh, and in leading into the movies, focusing around two characters: Henry Beard, who and and Doug Kenny, the two co-creators of National Lampoon, and um, I. I I've known about the National Lampoon. I, I I watched like half of a documentary a couple couple years back about about National Lampoon, and so I I was really intrigued by by this like out of nowhere with uh, our our man, um, you, you know you know that the uh, Will Forte Dom Hall Gleason yeah. like yeah. It, I, I love Will Forte. He's just he's just so weird. Like having this come out of nowhere and be like, "Oh my God, National Lampoon and David Wayne and these these awesome characters bring it there up." There are so many like fantastic comedians in this in this film that are portray- They're like they're playing other fantastic comedians <laughs> from like generations previous, uh, which I thought was just kind of awesome. But uh, yeah, I had this this movie was not on my radar at all, uh, mm-hmm. and and I have a very 
limited knowledge i think about national lampoon in general yeah uh i mean i was born in the 80s and you know i think i think the first like national lampoon thing i heard about was maybe um like christmas vacation i think i found out about christmas vacation before i knew vacation was a movie um just so like for me to kind of like know that it started out as a magazine and then and then you know, developed into like a radio program and, and how so many of the talent that, you know, originally was in, in that group, like made SNL what it was. And then like into the movies and everything else. Uh, for me, it was, it was very educational, uh, which I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, because some of the ways that they have tweaked history, uh, (laughs) throughout this film, I don't know what to believe and what not to believe. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what what I'll say is after after watching the movie uh Chelsea and I we there was, there's this there's this documentary called um I have it here uh Br- drunk brilliant stupid dead or something like that oh drunk stoned brilliant dead and it's it's the actual documentary for National Lampoon and so we watched it like a year and a half ago and we only got like midway through and Chelsea was like this is I don't None of this is interesting to me, and so we never we never finished it. So we watched okay. this we watched this movie, and afterwards I was like, oh, let me let me go back and look, find that documentary, and then we watched then we ended up watching the whole thing because she was way more interested in it now because she had kind of a background of National Lampoon. Yeah, um, and so I would say the Drunk Stone Brilliant Dead is a good is a good look to get more kind of factual it's stuff. It's a companion piece, if you will, yes. uh, to this film. Yeah, because there are, there, there's, as David Wayne does, he a couple times steps out of, not him, but he has the, the character step out, kind of, you know, breaking that fourth wall and just, like, addressing, like, yeah, this is a, this is a movie and some things have gotten changed. Don't even, this is basically how it happened, but yeah, like, some details are, are changed for the sake of being a movie. <laughs> Some of my favorite elements in this, and yeah, go watch this movie too if you haven't watched. If you watched Cloverfield, you didn't watch this. We're going to talk about stuff that happens in it. It's more <laughs> of a comedy. There's, but we're going to talk about things that happen. Uh, when he's introducing all the writers that they hire on on the magazine, yeah, and he's like, oh, and there were all these other great people too, but they just didn't really fit into like the movie, like, and they just kind of brushed them aside, <laughs> yeah. or like, um, or when they're like, oh. Yeah, this isn't exactly how it happened. Oh, and he, and like just text scrolling on the screen. Here's all the other stuff we changed <laughs> that wasn't wasn't actually something yeah. that happened. Che- Chevy Chase wasn't actually there for this particular scene, stuff like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, no, you, and and you don't the 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 thing about National Lampoon is you know it highlights only a certain uh, only a few of the writers who worked on National Lampoon, but right there's so many other writers who went on to do great stuff like go right for the Simpsons or a John Hughes, right? He was a national lampoon writer. I mean, national lampoon's go. vacation, obviously he, he wrote that. Uh, but that's, that's where he started. Um, and it's just, it's just a, a fascinating kind of intro to the history of national lampoon and, and realizing just how friggin influential that magazine was to, to what we consider comedy nowadays. Yeah, I, I think I, I maybe took that for granted uh, just because I was born 
uh, a little too late to appreciate it in it like in its time. Uh, you know, obviously I go back and watch Animal House or Caddyshack movies like that, and um, and and you know, love them for what they are. But like, for I wasn't I wasn't old enough to to like them when, or even alive like when some of them were made. So, um, for me to kind of go back and appreciate just how much that has shaped, you know, comedic films and the way that you know, comedy is done on TV and all, and just so many, like not, not just actors, but writers that, um, that really got their start through National Lampoon. I I was, it opened my eyes to a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and so the movie focuses on Henry Beard, uh, played by Dom Hall Gleason. And let me just say, uh, as an aside, I really, I used to have a pipe in what I was living in Korea, uh, I just love I just love the way the pipe looks and like when someone's like just like thinking with it like <laughs> in their mouth. anyways I think that's such a badass thing I don't know why uh anyways Dom Hall Gleason and then uh of course Will Forte is, is Douglas Kenny and so it, it's really it's really Doug Kenny's story and all about how like his his ups and downs through life really doing some of the most influential stuff like he he wrote. Um, Animal House. He wrote Caddyshack, and like he's. If you go back and watch Animal House, there's parts of the movies where he's actually in it, and it's just, right, yeah. And you, like, if you go back and watch Animal House after watching this movie, you like you take for granted, like, oh shoot, like that guy, that guy made made comedy. All of this, yeah, yeah. Now, now, I also like how they mention in the movie that like he's in the movie because the studio <laughs> wouldn't pay to have writers on set, so they used it as a loophole by just putting him in the film. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, they Shane Black. I don't know if you know who Shane Black is. He uh, he was on Predator, and he is a director and a writer. He wrote Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and uh, Iron Man Three. Anyway, so he was on. He was hired as an actor for Predator, but the reason they hired him as an actor was they wanted him to be on set to to do rewrites. He's like, "No, you you hired me as a, a writer or uh, as an actor, so that's what I'm going to do." Uh, he, he also uh, wrote uh, uh, Lethal Weapon. So anyway, oh, right. that's, that's an aside. Okay. I'm talking about loopholes right. and writers. Uh, so, so Doug Kenny. All right. Uh, for any of the, I don't. There's part of me that doesn't want to say this out loud. I, that doesn't necessarily want to talk about this point, but I will for, for your sake. Cause I want to know, uh, the, it's pretty much Doug Kenny's movie. Martin mole plays an older modern Doug, and he's kind of like the narrator talking about the, the history of, of their lives. And, right. um, at a certain point in the movie, you find out that Doug Kenny died. He died at some point in time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and so you you find this out, and then you're at the funeral, and then all these stars are at Doug Kenny's funeral, and Martin Mull is just talking to Will Forte, and Will Forte's like, "What? What? Everyone's so sad," and like, there's there's this whole thing, and so that's your realization, like, "Oh sh- shoot, this guy that I've been watching his his story, he's he's not actually around anymore. He died at such he's." Died like when he's like thirty one or something like that. Yeah. So he died at thirty three okay. uh, in nineteen eighty. Yeah. yeah. So what I want so I wanted to ask you, Travis, was did did you see that? 
like was that was that jarring like what was what was your emotion or or I had no that? idea that he <laughs> Here's how awful I am. Okay? <laughs> I didn't realize that the actor playing Doug the older Doug Kenny oh wasn't actually him. Okay. I didn't I didn't I didn't know that. Uh <laughs> I was like I've I've seen that guy before. I know that actor. I'm awful with actor names, so I didn't know his name. Yeah. Uh, but I was like, yeah, he fits the, the part. Like he could have, he could have been the guy. Wow, I didn't realize he was so influential. Wow, like, oh, yeah, huh? All right, kudos to him. And so then when that happened, I was like, what is? Because because for me, I was like, did they change history to kind of like rewrite the film so that like like it was like. They've done so much in the movie already to kind of like uh, break that fourth wall and and change things and manipulate things to to like not tell the whole story. Like, did they decide like, hey, let's like have him die and see what that would have been like? Yeah. Uh, and so then for me to like find out, oh no, like legitimately, like the actor died, and they have Will Forte and I'm forgive me, who's Martin the Mull. older actor? What's that? Martin Mull. Martin Mull, yes. Yeah. Uh, for them to like kind of both be together looking like on at the funeral and stuff. Like I was like, oh, okay. So like this is, this is how it could have been or whatever. Like I don't, it, it didn't fully sink in for me as I was watching. I had to like reflect on it to really, huh. um, it was confusing for me. I didn't, got, got, I didn't fully get it right away. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It, uh, I I knew I knew he died because I got further into that documentary than Chelsea did. Uh, <laughs> um, but so she she had she had no idea. She's she asked me the other night, did you did you know that did you know he, he died? And like yeah, I, I knew he died. She's like oh yeah, I didn't see that. I didn't. And and that that's kind of what David Wayne was was going for. Him and the, and the writers they're, they're like really this movie is a tragedy because he was so influential. And he mm-hmm. died so young and he could have been doing so many, could have done so many more great things in, in comedy. Absolutely. So how do we make it to where it's not a sad, a really sad movie where we kind of make it kind of an uplifting thing. And so yeah. that's where the Martin Mole modern Doug Kenny character kind of came from where like he could keep it light and he can kind of keep it on a positive note. Like this is, this is where he, where he, he could have been. And uh, but I see you. Well, to say and something. that's and that's sort of the thing with the whole film is like really like the Doug Kenny character that I'm, which I'm sure echoes his his actual life. Like wrestled with depression, wrestled with not feeling like he he was good enough, and like uh he he created this comedic empire, and we we talk about how like all comedians have to be you know, these damaged. depressed individuals that yeah. come, they have to be damaged. Exactly. Like they have to uh, come from this place of being like uh, broken so that they can laugh at their own brokenness and the things that they see that are broken. Uh, and then they make everybody else laugh about them. And, and so like it's, it is that tragedy of, of him like having to step away from national lampoon or him, you know, you know, relying on drugs or, or, or partying and things like that to try and like fill that. And, uh, and it just, it never being enough. And, and 
you know, I don't, I, I, they leave it open ended as to whether or not he, you know, committed suicide or fell or whatever. But, yeah. um, yeah, just like really, it is a tragic story, but because it's rooted in this like history of comedy, like you, you have, you have to balance that. And, and, uh, I, th- I do think David Wayne does a really good job in, in showing that in, in a unique way where you know he's he's mixing things in and out and they're they're throwing they're throwing text up on the screen and they're they're you know they're using very stylized things and and i think the production of the film uh, is is very well done and yeah. it's uh, enjoyable to watch and and the other thing about uh, the modern Doug character is they 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 made a point they wanted to just have it assumed that the average person wasn't going to know who Doug Kenny was and and to and to have it be like that, and that way, as you're watching it, you're not, you're you're not, um, just expecting tragedy. The whole the right. whole, the whole yeah. thing is rooted in positivity. Like, let's have fun. We're this a a movie about a comedic legend. Um. So, anyways, I like it. I liked it a lot, and and I really again emphasize, uh, if if you watch this movie, which you should, you should also watch Drunk Stone, Brilliant Dead, and and get some more of the more of the story all right uh well i we've we've eclipsed an hour brandon yeah uh is there is there this is it this is our your last chance for a whole week and a half uh (laughs) to discuss anything else going on so is is there any uh anything left in the tank yeah i just want to say thanks to our sponsor hello fresh uh for (laughs) for uh hello fresh check them out you get food and then you cook it HelloFresh, <laughs> HelloFresh dot com dot com <laughs> forward slash apathusiast. Uh, uh, no. Use that to get zero percent off your next order. <laughs> you're uh, you're so much better at that. Like I'd I'd be so terrible at like mid roll advertising. <laughs> I think I think honestly it's because I listen to so many podcasts that yeah. have like that advertisement in it uh, that I'm just used to the tropes. I'm just used to the things that they always say in those. And, um, you know, some podcasts do it better than others, but you know, if anyone wants to sell stuff on our show, <laughs> give us money, you please, know, I, please we'll take it. Give us yeah. money. Uh, okay. No, that, that's all I have, Travis. Uh, I just want to say thank you to one and all, uh, anyone who's listening to, uh, to this, Travis, I know you're listening to it. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks, thanks to the, both of the other people that listen as well, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know this this is fun. This this is Brandon and I talk to each other every week, uh, usually in a text based medium. We we send each other text messages all week, but this is really like the longest conversation we have uh, that isn't about Rick and Morty. So, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm I, this is fun for me, I'm, and I I'm thankful to you guys that that listen to it and and subscribe. Uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to to review this show, if you want to head over to iTunes or whatever podcatcher you use, uh, you know, give us a review. Let us know what you like, what you don't like. If there's any uh, segments on the show that you you really enjoyed and you think we should cover more stuff like that, uh, and yeah, and hit us up on on email or Twitter, and uh, and we can have a another conversation over there. But uh, that's it. That's I'm done, Brandon. That's it. I'm done. I'm done as We're well. We're good Travis. at ending podcasts. We're so good at it. Uh, you all have, right. You have reached the end of the book. <laughs> please. Yes, please flip over your cell phone 
uh, <laughs> to get to the next side of this. I don't know that that didn't that that started out well. It didn't end well. Please stay tuned for the next chapter in spring of 1982. <laughs> All right. Until then, I'm Travis. Yeah, I'm Brandon. All right. Bye. Good, goodbye, everybody. <laughs>mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.